Support for this podcast comes from PayPal. Small business owner, PayPal QR codes are the safe and easy payment option. It's all the security PayPal is known for online, in person. Cash only, QR codes allow you to accept credit or debit with everyday low fees. No additional hardware or software needed. Use the app to generate your unique QR code. Customers scan your code with their PayPal app to pay you. Learn more at paypal.com slash us slash get QR code. This is episode number 35 with our guest, Kay Sanders. Welcome to the Hidden Entrepreneur Show. My name is Josh Carey. You want in on a little secret? I was in hiding for 40 years. Yeah, I was hiding every part of myself in every situation. And I can tell you one thing, hiding sucks. I'm now on a mission to help extraordinary people like yourself rediscover the world around you, connect beautifully with others, and excel tremendously in all you set out to do. Join in. It's The Hidden Entrepreneur Show. Hey there, guys. Thank you so much for joining us and tuning in today. Welcome to the studio. You're tuned right into The Hidden Entrepreneur Show. You know I am your host, Josh Carey. My guest today is known as, get this, I love this title. She's known as the creator of possibilities. Who doesn't want to be in that presence? And that's for her unique ability to help entrepreneurs find that missing piece to making their business a huge success so they can make a big impact in the world and create more freedom in their life. And I got to tell you, that missing piece, or at least a missing piece, took me over 40 years to find and discover. So uh, I wish uh, I came across our guest maybe a little earlier, but maybe not. All in the right time, as they say, right? But our guest is known for helping you discover that piece. She is the best-selling author of The Coaching Business Blueprint, and she's an intuitive business coach, a certified Akashic Record consultant, cannot wait to dive into that, a speaker and an international best-selling author. She draws from her own experiences and struggles in life and in business to inspire you to make a difference in your life, to help you see and create amazing possibilities for even more success so you can make a big impact in the world and create more freedom in your life. All of that is exactly what I want. And to help give us exactly what we want today, it's our guest. Please say hello to Kay Sanders. How are you, Kay? Hey, Josh. Great to be here. Thanks, to ha- thanks for having me. Absolute pleasure. Thank you for being here. There is, like I said, there's so much that I like about even your, your bio here and who you are and what you do. So let's, let's dive right in. You are known as the creator of possibilities. Take, what is that? How did that happen? What does all that encompass? Well, the way it happened was, um, I mean, 
I developed, I discovered my spiritual path like about two years ago and I was kind of like, you know, meditating and just, you know, kind of trying to find my own path. Like what's my purpose? What am I supposed to do here? And it was about a year ago. Um, that's when I also got certified, you know, actually beginning of the year, I got certified as an Akashic record consultant. I dove into my records and I know you are going to pick my brain about that here very soon. But I asked, you know, like, what's my purpose? And my purpose is really to create, help people create more possibilities. Because oftentimes we think whatever we see, that's all there is, right? We can't really go so much further. We can't really do so much more, you know, or just maybe a little bit more, but we don't really see all the amazing possibilities that are really available to us, right? So that's where this whole thing came from about the name creative possibilities to really help people see what's really possible for them, to really help them step outside the comfort zone, to really step into their purpose, step into their divine purpose, to really make the difference that they're meant to make. And doing it more on um, in a aligned process that really feels good to them so they can really make that big impact in the world. You know, and not so much being afraid of really stepping into that. So just really helping people see what's really possible for them and helping them really make that shift into stepping into that. Because oftentimes we're like really afraid of stepping into our purpose, stepping into that, that unknown, right? But that's where all the magic happens. That's where we're meant to go. That's when we're get to grow tremendously. And that's basically my purpose, helping people step into that, figuring out what is their purpose and then making a shift into that without being all like afraid of actually doing it. Well, I'm so glad you're here because what you just described is really exactly how I came to create this brand and thus this podcast, The Hidden Entrepreneur, because for decades I was that person. I was hiding behind my fear and now looking back into where I was having now, you know, stepped into the other possible side, I, I know that all along I knew what was possible, but I was just afraid to, to do anything about it. Do you find that that's typically the case? Yes, because, you know, when you step into that, it's scary because you don't know what's going to happen. I mean, oftentimes, <coughs> excuse me, success is what f f uh, scares the most people, right? Because when you're successful, then people have expectation. Your life is going to change, even though you say you want that. But then what if you actually have it? Then, oh my God, what's going to happen? Now, how is your life going to change? Your family might not want to talk to you no more. Your friends may, you may have outgrown your family. You know, that people have expectations. People might want to take advantage of you because all of a sudden you make money and you're known, you're out there. You know, there's so much stuff that comes with success and really stepping into that. That's oftentimes when a lot of stuff comes up like, am I really good enough? Can I really do this? This whole imposter syndrome. I can charge for what I do? What? No, I can. Ch I actually get to charge for what I love doing? Come on, right? So you have all these things coming up that really keeps people from stepping into that, it's really taking that next step into going after their dreams because what if you do become successful? And I think that's what, uh, what scares so many people is what if I succeed? Not what if I fail. No, what if I succeed? Because the failing part, you know, we're so used to you and things don't working out and things being difficult, but what if things actually are not difficult? What if you do can have, be, do, have whatever you want? That's kind of scary, right? And that's what he keeps peeping, you know, from keeps people from actually stepping into that because the what if it actually works out. <laughs> 
Okay, you are speaking my language. I love it all. Uh, I could so relate because failure, no, I was good at that. I had that part down. I wasn't scared of failure. I, I lived it. I was doing it as often as I uh, was able to, as often as I allowed myself to. And like you just verbalized, it was and, and, you know, I don't know if I spoke these words in the moment, but what I feared was, gosh, if I become successful and put myself out there and really deliver great work, since I grew up in so much of my life feeling unprotected, I felt that I couldn't stand up for myself if I was a success any, I felt vulnerable in that anybody can then come to me and say, whoa, 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 who do you think you are doing that? And that frightened me. Mm -hmm. And also like, you know, then you have that bigger responsibility. I mean, if you think about it, you know, right now, you know, you're, you're, you know, in your comfort zone, you're, you're comfortable with the people that you're working with, the things that you're doing, even with your show, the amount of listeners that you have. But then what if that blows up? then your responsibility is to keep showing up, to provide even more, you know, quality content. And like, that can be so frightening. Like, even like for me, it was the same thing. Like, I was afraid that, well, what if I do get to, you know, grow my business to the way I want to grow, then, then I can't just hide in my office no more. Then I can't just take the day off whenever I want to, because what if people really want to work with me? What if they need me? What, you know, all of those things that then I have this, much bigger responsibility because the more money you have, the more responsibilities you have because then you have to keep making money to keep that lifestyle. What if you lose all that, right? So there's all this responsibility of that comes with being successful and stepping into that. I know for myself, that was like really frightening and also stepping into, let's say my spiritual aspects. Like I always feared that, well, people <laughs> like locally, I get that often that people look at me like I lost my last marbles when I talk about the things that I do about channeling and the Akashic records and stuff. I mean, I, I live it, I breathe it, I love it. And I mean, now I surround myself with people that understand that they're into that stuff. So they don't look at me like I'm totally crazy. Right. But, you know, stepping into that and really embodying that and saying, you know what? Yes, I have spiritual gifts. Yes, I, this is my purpose. This is what I'm here to do. And I can really bring people the answer they're looking for. That, that really frightened me. That really scared me. But, you know, stepping into that is what helped me get into alignment with my business that made things so much more smoother than before. Before I was like, you know, pushing and pushing and pushing and trying to make things happen. I was hustling and it was like, I felt like I was like running against a wall that I can't seem to get around until I really stepped into what I knew all along. Like what you mentioned earlier, it took you, you said, I think 10 years to know, like seeing your possibilities and stepping into that. For me, it was the same thing. Like when I said, you know what? I got these spiritual gifts that I need to make this part of my business. And when I stepped into that, things automatically started to flow much better. Clients just came to me out of nowhere and they want to work with me just like that. I'm like, what just happened? <laughs> and so you made a very valid point uh, which I want to reiterate on. You said most people, when they hear about what you do, they might look at you a little, a little oddly. But what you learned to do and what's so important is you surrounded yourself with the right people. And that's going to begin to happen for you when you put yourself out there and embrace your own authenticity, right? It's so darn important to realize that once you start to show up truthfully, the right people surround you and protect you and support you, 
And the ones who don't, don't even show up. And that's what you slowly but surely have to learn to do. Is that the process? Yes, most definitely. I mean, before I was like working with people that were not spiritual based at all. And then all of a sudden I started losing. The more I embraced my spiritual side, I started losing all my clients. I'm like, what, what, what happened? Hey, what's going on here? You know, but it was really because as I shifted into alignment, the people that were not, that I was not meant to work with, that were not open to that, they slowly but surely drifted away. Now, I mean, I do a lot of outreach on LinkedIn. I do a lot of collaborative projects. I mean, I really build relationships and you will, it is kind of surprising, actually not really surprising, but the only people that I talk to nowadays are spiritual based people that are open to the whole woo-woo side. I have not, I don't remember last time I talked to anyone that was not at least a little bit touched by the spiritual side. And the more you step into, you know, what you're meant to do, you will start attracting the right kind of people, you know, collaborative partners, clients, you know, just people that want to support you, friends, co colleagues, you know, it's because you vibrate at the level that will attract them. So when you think about law of attraction, you attract what you vibrate, you know, the level of vibration you're on. And when you step into and really embody what you're here to do, you are pushing out a certain vibration that will attract those people to you. That's why when I said, okay, I'm going to incorporate my business, my spiritual side into my business. Now I'm attracting people to me. I don't have to like chase after people. I don't have to like, you know, cold. Well, I don't do cold calling anyways, but I, it wasn't, it's no longer as hard as it was before because now I'm pulling these people in through my vibration, through my, in, in ex, uh, not exhaustion, uh, enthusiasm, because you know, I live it, I breathe it, and I love what I do. And I think that is so important that you have really got to love what you do as well. And that will then bring those people to you. Spell it out for us. How do you use the whole spiritual aspect of things in yourself in your business with clients? Okay, like basically what I do is with the Akashic Records, um, I do a reading for people. So that's, you want me to kind of go into the whole Akashic record for first? <laughs> So sure. basically the, the Akashic Records is your soul's library of all lifetimes. So think of it as a crystal bowl where you can ask just about any question and you will get the truth. You will get an answer. So basically what I do is I channel, and I'm pretty sure you've heard of Abraham Hicks, right? Uh, I, I listened to, um, to the Vortex. I have it on Audible. I've listened to many of the books and I listened this morning actually. So yes. So you, you know, you understand the concept that, you know, Esther Hicks, she channels Abraham. It's a, it's a higher being. That's basically what I do is I access a person's records. So your, your record, everyone has a record and I channel the beings of light. So basically what I do is I ask specific questions around a person's business. And then from there, I help them, whatever answer they got about their divine, their divine gifts, their purpose, their core message, who they're meant to work with, how they're meant to work with people, all the fundamental pieces of their business. From there, once I got the, the channel message, the divine guidance, then I help them implement that into their business. So I start off with the Akashic Records. And then anyone that is interested in actually working with me and actually turning that into their successful business, I then work with them on the business level to really help them create the business based on the divine blueprint, based on the divine purpose, whatever we came up in the Akashic Records. And then throughout, I mean, I'm always connected to, to source, to the infinite being. So I get channel messages like throughout whenever I have a conversation. 
I tap into them. I can feel the energy. So for example, when someone tells me that they did this and that, and this is what they got, I can feel the energy if it's positive or if it's negative. So for example, if someone says, yeah, you know, I went on LinkedIn, I did all that and it felt really good. If they're lying or if it's not really true, I can feel the energy dropping. So I can say, okay, let's look at, you know, how can we, how, what else can we do? How can we shift the strategy around so it's more in alignment with, with who you are? So I tap into my spiritual gifts, like basically at all times to really help my clients move forward, help them really dig deeper into what's going on. And then I also do some healing uh, as well within the records to help them release any blocks, any restrictions that's really keeping them from moving forward and creating the life that they want. How does this look from a tangible point of view? So if I'm going to work with you, do we just hop on like a, like a video call and you go from there? Do you like, like what, how does it work? Okay. Uh, the Akashic Record readings, I do that as a written report. Basically, you know, uh, my clients, they have an option of two packages that I have right now. They ignite your business or excel your business. So if someone is within the first few years of business, don't really have their foundation down, I would do the reading and it's like between six, 16 and, eight and 20 questions that I answer based on on those questions. So I go into their records and then I give them a written report. Then we have a follow-up call to go over those questions, to give them more details about, you know, if they missed maybe something, because when you get a reading, it's nothing but the truth. And sometimes the truth might hurt, right? <laughs> you might not want to hear it, or you might not really understand the deeper meaning. So basically the follow-up call is to give them the deeper meaning of whatever came up in the reading. And then from there, I give them the option to I can help them move forward. I can help them implement whatever came up in the reading to help them move forward because they're also getting like a 30 day action step on what are the most aligned actions to take right now with the next 30 days. And then basically we, we, depending on the package that they're choosing as far as coaching, we talk two to three times each month and they get email support. And then we really just implement the right systems and strategies based on their, 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 what's in alignment with them. And we work on, you know, mindset and those type of things and whatever really comes up as my goal is to really support them in whatever way I can to really help them grow the business. Absolutely fascinating. Take us back to the beginning. I want to connect these dots and see how we got to this extraordinary place for you what was life like growing up as a young child? I mean, I had a great childhood. My parents are amazing. My family is amazing. I mean, I always kind of felt like more of the black sheep. Like, you know, I didn't really fit in in a way. And I didn't really understand until now. And actually, like, you kind of, you know, kind of connected the dots for me earlier or helped me connect it because as a child, even though I had a great childhood, I mean, there's nothing I can say that was negative or anything. Like I had, a, my parents are amazing. My mom is like my best friend, but still like growing up, I always felt like I didn't belong in a way. Like I was kind of like the outsider, the, the black sheep. I mean, I'm the only one in my family that went from Germany and moved all the way to the States, to the United States, right? So we left everything behind. And, but you know, it was really just, you know, I knew there was more possible for me. I mean, I'm an entrepreneur by heart. Like as a child, I remember in elementary school, I had created certain things like those little armband things that you, that you, that you create. And I try to sell that for like 25 cents. So I always like, you know, just from 
elementary school, I already started to be an entrepreneur. I always try to figure out ways to make money. So I did some the paint by number paintings and I sold those to my family. So I always did something and I knew there was more possible. So then when I got married, actually, I started my first home-based business as a nail technician. And I figured, hey, when I come to the States, because my ex-husband, he was in the military, and I figured when we come to the States, I can do that because I want to work from home. I want to be a stay-at-home mom, but I didn't just want to be a stay-at-home mom. I don't fit in that category, so I needed more, right? So that's when I started my very first uh, home business, really doing nails, and I did good. I even did uh, eBay as well. Um, so I think like just from my childhood, it just, I knew there was more possible. I just didn't really know what that looks like, how it went. I mean, if you would have told me back then that today I would be doing the channeling and all that spiritual stuff, I would have told you crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so you were born and raised in Germany, mm -hmm. a seemingly loving and supportive family and home life. And you, you, you said you didn't fit in looking back how did that, how did that come about? Did you just not have a lot of friends? Did you spend a lot of time alone? Well, we moved from like, I grew up in a small town. And then when I was six, we moved into a city because my dad had gotten a job there and we had to move there. And that's when actually the, the most challenging part happened because I didn't really have any friends where we lived. It was more like an economy kind of area. So there were not really a lot of kids there. And that's when I first felt like I'm an outsider because I didn't grow up in that city, right? So that's when everything happened that, I mean, I had some friends, but it wasn't, it wasn't those, that strong bond that you would have had if you would have grown up with someone from like, from, you know, you know, baby to, you know, adulthood and stuff. And I had friends here and there, but then I had actually, I think it was like a year or two years where I had no friends. I just stayed at home. I had actually some trouble with one lady. She tried to beat me up. So I was too afraid to actually leave the house. So I really stayed home. And that's when my whole loner time actually started. I mean, once I got older into the whole, you know, teenage years and then young adult, I had lots of friends, but I still felt like that there was more possible for me. I just really didn't know what that would mean, what that looks like or anything like that. But I just knew something was missing that I didn't really fit in, that I didn't really belong in the same, I didn't fit in the same category that most people are in. Like, you know, you get married, you're gonna have kids, white picket fence, yada, yada, yada. That concept doesn't work for me. I mean, I've been single for quite a while now because it does not fit for me. I'm an entrepreneur by heart. I, need, I have goals, I have dreams, I wanna grow, I wanna make a difference. And I think I already had that back when I was a child. I just didn't really realize that. I think I was like deeply asleep. <laughs> How did you spend your time as the uh, six-year-old, eight-year-old or so when you didn't have a social life, so to speak? What were you doing with yourself there? Hannah, I think it wasn't when I was six. I think it was like I was 12-ish. That's when I had really no friends. I mean, before I had a couple of friends from, from kindergarten and, and, and elementary that we met up. But the, the one boy that I was friends with, he always beat me up every single day. But I still wanted to be friends with him for some stupid reason. <laughs> But uh, then I was just like really at home. Uh, I mean, I didn't have a TV until I think I was like 14 years old, you know, so I was just in my room painting, drawing, doing all kind of handiwork or whatever, just, you know, to, you know, 
to occupy myself. And then I got into reading. I love those romance, romance uh, novels, right? <laughs> As a young child or young uh, lady, I, I was very into those. So I was just reading. Like I was reading books after books and those really thick ones. So that, that was what I was doing. That during a time when I didn't really have friends, when I was too afraid to actually leave the house, I just, I was reading, reading and more reading. Mm. Did you, uh, did you have any aspirations for the next several years thinking, oh, well, this is what I'm going to do with myself. This is what I'm going to make of myself. No, not really. I remember my dad, uh, he actually pushed me to figure out what kind of career I want to go into. Uh, Cause the way it works in Germany, it's like, it's not like here where you go to a four year co college or whatever. So after the ninth year, that's high school. That's when high school ends you have to make a, a decision on what career you want to go into. So it's similar to like a trade school here in the States where you actually work and go to school at the same time. And in the eighth grade, I was supposed to already find, you know, look into that. And I was, I was like, I don't know. I don't know what I want to do. Ninth grade. Then I thought, okay, I can be a chef. I can go into the whole culinary school, but I didn't get, um, I call you, I guess you kind of can think of it as like an internship that paid internship training, trade school, whatever. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't get that. So I had to take an extra year of school because after my ninth grade, I didn't have that. Cause you're supposed to go right from ninth grade into that kind of like what you do here in the States with college, you would go into this, the career field. Right. So I didn't get that. So I had to kind of, you know, figure out something with the time. So I did an extra year of school, but it took me a while to figure out what I wanted to do. I mean, as a child, I wanted to be a singer, even though I really cannot sing. I mean, I cleared the room, uh, just, you know, as on a side note, <laughs> but I had no idea. I had no idea. And actually I remember one day me and my dad, we got into a huge argument about that. We actually didn't talk for two weeks after that because he pissed me off so bad. I pissed him off so bad because I just didn't know what I want to do. I didn't want to, I didn't know what I wanted to be when I grew up. So, uh, yeah, so I had no idea. <laughs> and what happened when you were 18 or of age when you should be on your way now? Uh, well, I started my training when I was 17. So when I was 17, I started my trade school work kind of career thingy. When I was 18, I was all about partying. <laughs> I just wanted to go to a club. I didn't care about my job. I just want to go out partying, you know, having fun, you know, going into the whole boyfriend, girlfriend kind of things, whatever. And, um, but I mean, of course I continued, I finished my three years and then I went on to continue working as a chef, uh, for a little while, but then I moved into Foot Locker. I mean, I was like, always like looking for what do I really enjoy? The cooking was fun, but not as a job because you know, like back then they always said women belong in the kitchen. Well, whenever I did work in the kitchen, I didn't belong there. It was a man's job. Right. So it was, I got into an argument with like a teacher once before, because I'm like, well, how am I supposed to learn anything if I, all I, all I get to do is cut vegetables and, you know, work with the desserts. And so I didn't actually get to learn how to really cook the real food. And, um, so I really, I knew that this wasn't something that I want to do for the rest of my life. And then I moved on to something else, trying to figure out what is that, that really makes my heart sing. It just took me, um, many, many years until I figured that one out. <laughs> And how was life in your early 20s? Early 20s, still lots of partying until I met my ex-husband, got married, had a child, and then I came to the States when I was 25. How did that happen? So you met your husband? Yeah, he was in the military back in Germany. So I was working at the gate, actually, as a security guard. That's how I met him. And we got married in 2002. I, 2003. 
I don't remember. But then I had my son with two, uh, when he was uh, in 2004 and then 2005, 2006, we actually moved to the States. And it was, that's when the challenge really started. Um, he basically left me two months after we got here. So it was just me and my son. My son was two at that time. We were raising stranded here, had no family, no support, uh, no nothing. I didn't have a job. I didn't really know my way around. My English was okay, but I still had to learn. So that's when he made it his mission to really, his goal was to destroy me. Uh, thankfully he didn't, he didn't make that. But that's really when my life really took a big, big turn. So you, you met your, your then husband in Germany. He was in the military. You came to the States because of a military transfer type thing? Yeah, yeah he got stationed here in El Paso. So that's how, we, that's how I got here because he was brought back here. And then two months after that, you said he left you, but you also said that he made it his mission to destroy you. What do you mean by that? He, he really just wanted to destroy me. He harassed me. He made other people reach out to me and give me all kinds of stories. And it was just like, he was giving me all kinds of stories, all kinds of lies. He didn't pay. And he already told me that he's, when he gets out of the military, he's not going to get a job because he doesn't want me to get child support. Uh, he wanted me to have a really, really hard life. And I'm like, you do know, this is not just hard on me, but this is hard on your son. But he's one of those deadbeat dads. Like he walked out of my son about 10 years ago. My son hasn't seen or heard anything from him ever since. So it just, he was, I like to call him the devil incarnated. <laughs> what do you think you were attracted to back in Germany that allowed you to get to this point with him? Well, he was a good talker, so I kind of fell for him. And, you know, back then I wanted that. You know, my sister, she had a husband, she had family and everything. And I'm like, I want that. I want to have my own family. So I, in a way I was kind of jealous. And then when I met him, he actually wanted to be with me. And before we got married, he was sweet. He was nice. But actually the day I got married, I remember I was in the bathroom with my mom. And I'm like, mom, did I do the right thing? I already started regretting it that day because he actually came to the wedding a little drunk so my ex he was a big drunk he was an alcoholic he almost broke my nose once he was very violent more on the emotional side and yeah it, it, was, it was not pretty i mean he called me all names of the book and uh all, scared all my friends away i had ptsd anxiety depression social anxiety because of the stuff that he put me through for many years, whenever I had to go somewhere, I was driving, had a full-blown anxiety attack, didn't even know what it was. And it took me a while to realize that this is what was going on. But then I made it my mission to get past that. That's when the whole personal development kind of started, you know, kicking in, life coaching. And, you know, that's when my path really started. I mean, I wouldn't say that I, I'm grateful for what he put me through because it helped me get to who I am today. It helped me find my path. Would I want to go through it again? No. <laughs> but if I would have to, I would go through it again because I know it was a big part of my life that I had to go through in order to get to where I'm at today. I so appreciate that. And only now in my life, out of at a good place of health and positivity, I can look back on some of those devastating scenarios and you're like, oh my goodness, how wonderful uh, I was able to experience that. 
and, and you almost have to see that side of it in order to, because there is a ton of beauty, a ton of lesson in that when you can really look back on it and say, well, there's so much that I love about myself today that wouldn't have surfaced if I didn't go through that. So you had to have gone through that, yeah? Exactly. I mean, I believe that everything has a lesson. And that's actually one thing that um, one of my coaches told me because I also have fibromyalgia. And for a very long time, I thought it was ruining my life because I couldn't do a lot of things. I was like always exhausted. So, you know, so many things that I thought was holding me back. But then he was like, he really shifted my mindset when he said that everything, every lesson in life, everything that you're experiencing is not happening to you. It's happening for you because it helps you move forward. It helps you grow. Everything holds a gift. And when he said that, I mean, at first I totally, I thought he was totally bananas, you know, and I was like, what is he talking about? But then I really sat with it and it hit me. And because of my fibromyalgia, it allowed me to walk away from my job. Yeah, I kind of walked away from my job a little too soon, but it allowed me to start my business, to walk away from my job. It helped me learn a lot of things that has helped me that now I can you know, use to help other people. Even the things with my ex-husband. I used to work in a PTSD treatment facility, so I know what these guys are going through. I know what someone with PTSD, anxiety, depression, what they're going through because I have lived it. I have experienced it. And I can help people with that. Eventually, I want to work with the military again with my gifts too. I just haven't figured out how that's going to look like. But everything happens for a reason. And it's really up to each of one of us to really look into it. Like, what is that reason? You know, even those adversities, they may seem horrible in the moment. Just the things that my ex-husband put me through it. If I would have, if you would have told me back then that it has a gift, I would have probably smacked you in the face because <laughs> it was not pleasant, but it was necessary. It everything, any fun, even when you're having financial struggles, when you're having whatever, it's like all about, you know, getting into the flow. And that was like one of the biggest lessons that I had to learn is that everything happens for me because it helped me learn the lessons that I need to learn. It helped me experience the things that I need to, to experience to get to where I'm at today. And oftentimes where it takes some time to really realize that maybe it takes years before you look at it like, Oh, now I get the lesson that I was supposed to learn. But you have to really be open to seeing that deeper meaning, seeing that lesson that really was there that was to your highest and greatest good. Because if it wouldn't have been for my ex-husband, I would have probably never been on the path of my spiritual awakening. So I'm actually pretty grateful for that. There's something you wrote that I absolutely love that I want to talk about. You wrote, you have to learn the hard way that success is not solely determined by the amount of work you do. It's determined by you becoming the person you need to become. I recently learned to understand what that is is let's talk about that. It's just so, so powerful and so fascinating. It's not about doing harder, more work. It's about becoming the person you need to become. Mm -hmm. 
that actually also came from uh, my coach because he told me it's not about the doing, it's about who you need to become to become successful. Because if you're not successful yet, that's because deep down, you don't think you're, you have not become this person yet because uh, a person that earns six, seven figures, they have a different mindset. So for me, it was like when I started, I started as a business coach. No, actually, I started out before that as a holistic coach and then moved. But so my actual journey as where I'm at right now, it started out just business. I was doing all the right things to grow my business, to get my name out there, to become known. You name it, I tried. I did webinars, lead magazine systems, everything. But it did not convert. So I had many conversations with my coach about that. I'm like, I don't understand. I'm out there. I'm doing the right things. What the heck is going on? And he was like, he really made me understand that it's about my mindset. I didn't think I can do it. I didn't think that I can charge for what I do. I didn't think I was good enough. And that came from when I first started as a coach uh, back in 2014. I actually started, hired my very first coach. And she said something that really stuck with me for a very long time. She said, how can you coach business if you're not successful yet? Well, huh, that put a break on my success, right? Because every time I had a conversation with someone, I'm like, I don't know how to help this person. I don't have no clients yet. I don't make no money. So how can I help this person? So, you know, all these self-doubts, limiting beliefs, and even the things I still had to work through a lot of the stuff that my ex had put me through that I'm not good enough. You know, who am I to charge for what I do? Who am I to actually help people move forward, right? So, and then also the money. And that was a big thing for me too. I can't make, I can't ask people for money. What, I gotta ask someone to pay me for what I do? I don't even know if I can help them. So there's all these things that were coming up. So yes, I had all these systems in place from the outside. I looked like this hotshot coach, but when you look behind the curtains, it's like, mm, not so much because inside i didn't believe i could do it i didn't think i was worthy enough to do this going back to what my ex told me that you know i'm a loser i'm worthless and you know whatever you know you i'm pretty sure you can imagine about all kind of things that he probably told me and it's true so i had all this going on in my mindset so guess what that showed up in my business I pushed clients away with my, with my energy. I had this huge wall around me because my ex and all these people, they hurt me so much. So guess what? When you're in a coaching industry, you have to build relationships, right? So if you have this wall up, you're like, don't come close, but I want your money. I want to work with you, but don't come close. That's how it showed up in my business. I didn't get no clients. It was very hard for me to get clients. I attracted the wrong kind of clients that didn't want to invest in, my, in, in working with me. They didn't believe that I can really help them. So all this stuff was coming up that stopped me in the tracks. So then I worked on my mindset. I helped myself in so many different ways from EFT, meditation. I really dove deep into the whole personal development thing. And that's when I also then had my awakening to the spiritual side. But that's why it's, it's about who you need to become inside that determines your success. If you don't think that you can earn $5,000 a month, guess what? You're not going to earn that much. If you don't think that you can ever reach a six or seven figure income range, guess what? That's what go what's going to happen. You have to change your self-image, how you see yourself, how, you, how much you believe that you can actually do it, that you can believe that it is possible for you. Then everything around you, because everything that's happening outside of you is a mirror reflection of what's going on inside of you. So if your outside is not what you want it to be, you want to look inside. And I'm getting goosebumps. <laughs> I'm getting all fired up here. <laughs>
Yeah, yeah, I'm right there with you. I'm so there with you, Kay. I, I, I love all of that. And everybody listening, do yourself a favor. Rewind the past three minutes and listen to that again. It is, it's, it's just true. And it took me four decades to understand that and say, my goodness, that is what it's about. Because I've, I've been there in the same exact boat as UK, where you're just doing everything on paper, you're doing the marketing, you're showing up. Like I say, it's not like I was on the couch playing Xbox for years, quite the contrary. I was up early, up late, you know, putting myself out there but yet nothing is materializing. And you're like, what is going on? And it is that mindset shift. And it's sometimes so, so deceiving because somebody listening, you might say, well, yes, no, I, I want the six figures. I want the seven figures. Don't tell me that I'm repelling it because yes, I want it. But it's more than just saying it, right? Exactly. You have to feel it. You have to believe it in the core. If you just say it, I mean, yes, I want to be a seven figure coach. Am I there yet? No. Or otherwise I would be making that yet with that much already. Right. You know, it's really, you have to, you have a lot of baggage. Everyone does. You know, I had a lot of baggage from the stuff that my ex, what my ex put me through, all the things that I've, you know, learned, the, the things that I have learned about rich people and they have to work so hard. And that actually came because my uncle actually, he was very successful. And I just realized that not too long ago, which also affected my, my success. My uncle was very successful. He was humble. It was his now ex-wife who was very snobby, even his son. And I hope they're not listening. Uh, but they were more the, you know, the rich people mindset, like, oh, I get a lot of money. You know, I'm, I'm, you know, you're beneath me. I'm better than you. I have so much money. But it was not her reward he was doing all the work so whenever we visited he was the one working we barely saw him so we only spent uh, time with her and she was actually also my godparent i think that's what you call it and then she just took off when they split up she just took off and then i felt like she was rich she was snobby she left me i was her goddaughter so guess what that's what showed up in my business because I thought, well, rich people have to work their behind off to just barely, you just make a good living and then they don't have time for family and those type of things. So, you know, when you see all these things, when you look back at, and you know, when it comes to mindset work, I mean, usually I don't like to dive into the past, but when it comes to mindset work, you have to really be the detective of your own mind. You got to think, you know, really pay attention to what are your thoughts? What are your feelings? How do you talk to other people about yourself? What are, what's your mindset? You know, what are your beliefs? What are your your, your self-sabotaging behaviors, what's your habit, all that usually comes from stuff that you learn early on from childhood, from society, from things that you have experienced, which you then made a choice to make it your truth. So I made it my choice that believing that, hey, you know, when rich people, you know, people that are very wealthy, they have to work a lot. They might not have time for family and you might get snobby. So that's something that I had picked up on. I didn't think about it until recently when I dived into my records to find out what's holding me back with financial, what's helping, keeping me from taking the next step. So when it comes to mindset work, you have to dig as deep as you can because there's a lot of stuff. And it's like peeling back a, the layer of an onion. You peel one thing back, you're like, yes, I have a breakthrough. And I'm like, oh crap, some more stuff is coming up. So it's like, you know, but it's good. The more stuff comes up, the more you can release and then you can become the person 
that makes six, seven figures even more, has multiple business, has great opportunities, and everything flows if you get into alignment with that. And you know, like one thing, one thing that you mentioned earlier is too that you did all the right things and it didn't really work. And that's also because yes, you had all that mindset stuff going on, but you were also not in alignment with those things, probably also based on your mindset because you didn't think you can do it. So it's, it's more about, it's the mindset and taking actions that is in alignment with you. If you're taking actions that because you think you should be doing it or it's the right thing to do or because all these other gurus tell you that this is the right strategy, but you're like, uh, I don't know, but I'm just gonna do it, I'm gonna see how it goes. Well, guess what? It's not going to work. You have to take actions that makes you feel good, that, that lights you up, that every morning you get out of bed like, oh my God, I can't wait to do this. Like for your podcast, I'm pretty sure you're waking up like, oh my God, I can't wait, I have another interview today. That's what puts you in alignment. That's why your show is successful. If you would get up in the morning, oh, I got an interview today. I hope they're canceling. I hope they're not going to show up. Your show is not going to be successful. So it's not just the mindset, but it's also taking aligned actions with who you are, with your divine purpose, and with everything that you want to achieve when you're in alignment and take actions based on what, you, what feels good to you rather than what other people tell you you should be doing. That's how you become successful, taking those aligned actions. What magnificent dialogue. Um, the, the, uh, the one point I want to extract from all of that is something you briefly said and touched upon, which is once you develop the proper mindset by becoming very aware with how you talk to yourself and about yourself, either in your head or out in words, even if you're coloring it with, oh no, I'm just joking. Well, joking or not, any words you say about yourself, your mind is gonna take seriously and that's, that, those are the words you use. So be very aware and alter it because that is step one. And then the other thing you said that I wanna pluck out is changing the habits. That's been the game changer for me is once I was able to dive into this and adjust my mindset, it was a complete overall overhaul of my daily habits. And I stress daily because what I'm doing is daily and you must do it daily to maintain it. And it's not anything I don't want to do. It's like, oh, I got to do this again. No, I love getting up and doing my morning ritual. I love all of it and I make it a habit. Morning, noon, and night, I have different habits and that's extremely important. Yes, totally. I mean, I started my daily meditation like about a year and a half ago and at first it was like, what? I got to sit still for five minutes? I mean, 10 minutes? Are you crazy? And I had a really hard time, but I really made it a commitment. I'm going to give this a try. I started out with guided meditation, just five minutes because my mind liked to wander, whatever. But now if I don't meditate, I don't know what to do with myself. It, you know, and I do, I mean, even with the cash records, sometimes if I don't meditate, but I go into my records, it's the same thing basically where I lift my vibration. Because when you, when you meditate, it's tuning out your ego because it's your ego that's telling you all the, the lies, the illusion that you can't do this, you're not good enough, and all the things that you tell yourself all day long. That's your ego because it's trying to keep you safe within your comfort zone. What you want to do is drop into your heart and listen to what's going on within because that's your inner guidance. If it feels right, that's the right thing to do. So when you meditate, 
you tune out that busy chatter, the lies, the illusions, your ego mind trying to derail you, trying to keep you safe because that's what's supposed to do, yada, yada, yada. We know that, but we don't want that, right? I mean, it's good when it keeps us safe, but when it comes to really moving forward, you got to tune into your heart. And when you do that, make that a daily practice. Like I do gratitude. I do meditation. I do my angel card reading. I do, you know, uh, I do so many different things, you know, sometimes like differently, but every day I definitely do my gratitude, uh, my gratitude and my meditation without that. I'm not right. I'm not right in my mind. And even during the day, whenever I notice that things just feel very hard and difficult and challenging, I take a step back and I just center myself. I don't need to do a whole long, you know, 30 minute meditation, but just taking a couple of breaths, really focus, recenter and focus on my heart again. Then when I go back, things are smoother again, because when you notice that you're kind of like hitting against that wall, that's your ego mind in the driver's seat. You want to get back. You, your true self wants to get back in the driver's seat. And you do that by centering yourself, by focusing on your heart. And the more you do that, if you do that daily, every time when you notice that things are going kind of, you know, difficult, you want to sit back like, what's going on here? Why, what am I resisting? Because oftentimes that's resistance. You're resisting something. That's why you're feeling the way you're feeling. And the more you can do that, the more you can pay attention consciously pay attention to what's going on, to how you feel, what you think, what's going on in your mind. That's when you can then make a choice. And you know, I have actually one little thing here right by my screen. It says, I have a choice to think different thoughts. Every moment of the day, you have a choice to think different thoughts, which will then affect your future, which will affect the next few minutes. Because when you experience something, you can choose to think thoughts that will lead you down the right path, or it will lead you down the negative path. You're going down a rabbit hole. But then every moment, even if you chose to, you know, buy into those thoughts, you know, buy into like, oh, I'm not good enough. I can't do this. Oh my God, I'm so stressed out. You still have a choice. When you notice that you can have, you have a choice to say, hold on. Nope, not doing this no more. I'm going to choose different thoughts. I can do this. It will be easy. There are solutions there. There are divine guidance, whatever it is that you want to say, but you want to shift to the positive because then you're going down the positive route. So you always, every moment of the day, you have a choice to think different thoughts, to make different choices. It's all, you always have a choice. You have free will, but it's your choice to make the choice to think differently or to make different choices. I love this conversation so much. Do you believe everything happens for a reason? Yes, everything happens for a reason because sometimes we kind of go off path and then something happens that kind of pushes us back. And, you know, the more we resist, the more things happen in order to push us back on our path. I know for me, this year has been, oh my God, one hell of a roller coaster ride because I was resistant about the spiritual side. But everything that has happened to me, you know, it's like, the, you know, to get smacked by the universal baseball bat. So I still got the bumps on my head. <laughs> But everything really happens for a reason to either teach you a valuable lesson, to show you something about yourself. Because like I said, everything that's happening outside of you is a mirror reflection of what's going on inside. So if something happens outside of you, you might want to look at like, what's the underlying message here? What's going on here? Where does that reflect inside of me? Right. So if it's, for example, you know, for example, you people don't value you. People don't want to work with you because they don't value you. Well, guess what? You might want to ask, where do you not value yourself? 
Where do you not think that you are good enough to actually serve these people who need what you have to offer? So that's why I believe everything has a message. Everything holds a gift. Everything happens to you. No, for you, not to you. And everything happens for a reason. Everything happens for a reason in the right timing and the divine timing. That's what I believe in. Love it. I know this answer on paper and certainly through the course of this conversation, but I'll ask it anyway. How are you spiritual or religious? I am spiritual. It's not a religion. It's more in a new age. So I do believe in source, universe, God. I talk to my angels. I have spiritual spirit guides. So I'm very in tune with source. On paper, I'm Catholic. Do I practice it? Not so much. I mean, I do believe there's a higher something out there, but I wouldn't label it as God or, you know, the religion, the, the, the religious side. I do not believe that. I mean, I actually had lost faith in God when I first got here, but I found my path again to the spiritual side. But like I said, I believe in the universe. I believe in energy. I believe in angels, spirit guides, and all the woo-woo side. <laughs> I definitely what? believe in that. What is that actually? What are spirit guides? It's divine beings that are there to guide you on your path. Like I talk to my Michael, Archangel Michael is the one that I talk to most. He protects me anytime, you know, because I'm also like on the side, I drive for Uber because, you know, I just need to get, do something to get out the house because working from home can be very lonely. And every time I get into my car, I call an Archangel Mike. I'm like, please protect me in my car. Put a bubble of white protection light around me in my car so nothing will happen to me. So I have a good day. So I will come home safe. And I kid you not, there were so many incidents that I almost had an accident. Not by me. People here don't know how to drive. Where I was literally protected. The other day, I was about to switch lanes. And for some reason, my arm, it felt like that I could not move. And I look over, there was a car. So your guides, they're always there. When you get those nudges, you know, the intuitive kind of like nudges, they're speaking to you all day long. It's just so many people are still so asleep that they're not realizing that. It, 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 you, you need to raise your vibration to be open to these things. Now, of course, you have to practice, practice it every day, but spirit guides, there are your, they're your, that's your team, your team of spiritual beings that are there to guide you it's, you know, you might not consciously hear them talk or, or something like that, but have you ever had that nudge like, oh, maybe I should go the other direction or maybe I shouldn't do this or maybe I should do this right now or maybe I should say this. Guess what? That's the intuitive hit that you're getting from those guides that are guiding you. I mean, they're never telling you what to do because you have free will. And you, of course, you have to ask. You have to ask your guides to help you, to give you answers. Like one of the things that I like to do is, you know, Whenever I have a challenging time and I don't really want to go into my records, I'm like, guys, what's going on? What's the message here? I might not get the answer right there and then, but the answer will come in whatever form. I do see the angel numbers all the time, like 111, 222, all that, that combinations. That's them talking to me. But you just have to be open to that. I, it took me a very long time to be open to those, those numbers, but... I mean, we, I think we could talk about this for, for hours. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's all good. It's all good. I, I, I assure you that. Um, what do you believe happens when it's all over? Our physical body dies, but our soul moves on to a next life. We never die. We always just move on because, I mean, I know I've been into my past lives. So I know there are 
multiple lifetimes. I know I've done a reading for someone who wanted to know how many lifetimes have they lived? 243. So I believe our physical body dies. And if you know anything about it, have you ever heard of a Wayne Dyer? Well, of course. Yes. Go ahead. Uh, he met, he even taught, I don't remember what they said. I know Gabby Bernstein said something about it that, uh, what, what, I don't remember the, the exact words, but basically he moved on to his next life into, cause we're spirit. We are, our soul never dies. That's why we have so many lifetimes that we, you know, we move on. So I don't, it's our physical body that dies, but it's not our, our, who we really are, who our beingness never dies. So what is the, just to, um, talk about that for a moment what is the concept of that if we've lived or that specific person lived 243 lifetimes that means that the soul which is currently inhabited into his body in this physical form has 243 other physical lifetime experiences that he technically has access to and is a part of him? Mm -hmm. Basically. It's just like, we don't always tap into that. It's, you know, I tap into that through my records. I tap into my Akashic records. I, for example, found out I never really liked El Paso. That's where I live right now. And I was always wondering why, why do I not like El Paso? I found out in 1833, 1827, I was here as a male. I had a family, a, woman, a wife and two kids, and uh, some Mexicans came, shot me in the back, and killed my wife right in front of me, my wife and kids. That's what I discovered through my past life. I've discovered some other things about past lives that affected me today. Uh, like I mentioned with like the financial thing, like in one of my past lives, I was very rich, but I hated my lifestyle. So I made a choice that in a, in a next lifetime, I want to experience how it is to struggle for money, how it, how it looks on the other side of being wealthy. And then you can, you know, I cleared some of the things, so I will release that. So, I mean, that's, that's going a little bit more deeper. So I don't know if we want to really dive into that, but there's really, we have lifetimes that we can tap into. Like, for example, my book that I wrote, I tapped into that. I went into my records. I basically imagined my book in front of me and that's how 365 quotes came about because I tuned into that book because I would never be able to write 365 quotes and it was really tapping into that where all these quotes came from and of course the divine guidance wow I'm I'm into all this I I could sit here and banter all day about this I, I I'm, I'm open I love it all I will leave you however with this final question Kay Sanders how would you like to be remembered? As the creator of possibilities. <laughs> you know, that really helps people see the light at the end of the tunnel. I mean, that's what, what my book's all about, you know, really helping people step outside of the comfort zone, creating a better life for themselves, creating the life that they want to live beyond their wildest dreams. That's what I'm here to do. That's what I want to be remembered by, that I really help people see that, really step into that, and help them create all the amazing possibilities and opportunities that they can only dream of. Mm, I love so much about this. Thank you for being the creator of possibilities. I am, I'm a fan. I'm very, very excited that we got to speak. This is certainly going to be an episode that I'm going to play back over and over. Kay Sanders, thank you so much for opening up and sharing all this with us. Magnificent. 
thank you so much for having me and not looking me like I lost my last marbles. <laughs> Not at all. And if everybody listening is also not listening like we've lost our marbles, I hope that you found some intrigue, some wisdom, some fascination, whatever it is through this dialogue, and you do something with it. Make something of value happen and share it with us. We're fans. We'd like to celebrate. Go do something extraordinary. There's another amazing episode not too far behind until one comes your way do amazing work and go get them thanks for listening to the hidden entrepreneur show make sure to subscribe through itunes or google play so you can get notified every time we publish a new episode and we'd love to hear your thoughts with an honest review on itunes finally follow us on your favorite social media platforms to keep the conversation going with josh carey and today's guest until next time This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.